Well, thank you so much for joining us on such short notice. Uh, we have some significant news to share on some of our recent pattern robberies. Uh, first, uh, I'd like to uh, share with you some of our partners in these investigations. We've been very proud to work with the, many of the people who are in this room. Uh, we have with us uh, Justin Tolomeo, Special Agent in Charge, FBI. Robert Botch, Assistant Agent in Charge, FBI. I think Robert's over here. Uh, Mark Person, Supervisor, Special Agent, FBI. Uh, Chad Brecklin, Chief of Police, Fitchburg. Don Bates, Deputy Chief, Fitchburg, in the back of the room. Ryan Cox, uh, Detective Sergeant, Sun Prairie Police. Not able to make it. Not, not able here, okay. Uh, Kevin uh, Kanopaki, 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 sorry, Kevin. His Lieutenant, Sun Prairie Police. Uh, we've got Chuck Falk, Chief of Police, Middleton. And Darren Zimmerman, Detective Sergeant Middleton Police, towards the back. Uh, Chief Koval will start out speaking with you about the developments in this case, and I believe that uh, we will also have the special agent in charge from the FBI also addressing you this afternoon. Chief? Thanks, Joel. And thank you for coming on short notice, everyone. Dating back to the almost the first of the year, the greater Madison area, hence all of these collaborative agencies' involvement here, have really been beset and besieged by a string of unprecedented bank robberies and uh, its consequences for the community and for, of course, those people who work at these lending institutions. It's been very, very difficult. And we're pleased today to say that today, I believe, we have made a major breakthrough in delivering a setback to at least one crew who's responsible for probably up to nine bank robberies or thereabouts. We go back to January 8th and through February 22nd, we had banks in um, Madison, Fitchburg, Sun Prairie, and Middleton that were all affected. In each and every one of these instances, the MO, the modus operandi, showed that the suspects entered the banks and displayed weapons and uh, made demands of those tellers or those people at the financial institutions that had guns shoved in their faces. And let's just take a little minute here for, because I think some people would sort of uh, be content to compartmentalize bank robberies as lending institutions for which the only uh, gravitas is the taking of money. Uh, there's a greater taking than of money. The trauma that is induced on literally dozens of people who work at these lending institutions and support capacities what the implications are for their families when they have had guns and threats directed directly to them when they hand over money. I'm certain that the witness victim coordinators from Dane County have been extremely busy dealing with the aftermath of that. And quite frankly, a bank robbery also goes to the quality of life issues that all of us partake in, whether we're gassing our cars or grabbing milk at a convenience store or getting money for the weekend, these lending institutions have to be sacrosanct because of the implications they have for our daily life. It goes to the fabric of our quality of life. So I look at these as extremely specious ele elements uh, that have to be dealt with and have to be dealt with swiftly. If we go back on February 19th, there was a bank robbery in Middleton. And in that instance, we put out a Wisconsin crime alert network alert uh, that went out uh, detailing suspect and vehicle information. And to our area law enforcement people who are always attentively looking and observing and making note of that, an observant officer spotted one of the cars that was uh, said to be involved and relayed that information in a timely information to the MPD. 
some suspects were identified. And then what happened next was an extremely swift and a very affirmative response, multi-agency investigative forces, all of whom you see represented here today, but just by name again, FBI, DCI, our task force, uh, the Middleton Police Department, Sun Prairie, Fitchburg, and MPD. All of these individuals were invoked, and quite frankly, we also reached out to our lending institu institutions themselves because we know that these lenders have subject matter experts who understand best practices, who can network in real time, and our detectives met with them. Upwards of 30 of them were consulted and collaborated with and showed an enthusiastic response for our efforts and willingness to help, and I'm grateful for that as well. As of 4 p.m. Thursday, yesterday, March 1st, Owing to all of this intensive, uh, collaborative, uh, investigative strategies, we were able to execute simultaneously search warrants in uh, the city of Fitchburg on Chalet Gardens Road, as well as the Red Roof Inn on Madison's east side. And as a result of those warrants, multiple residences and vehicles were searched, uh, uh, individuals of interest were detained, and ultimately two individuals were nabbed as having probable cause uh, nexus to a number of these issues. And so we have made two arrests. We obviously hope to make several more before the course of our work is done. But we think that by having had this opportunity to make this arrest last night, that we may have definitely impeded, hindered, and ultimately denied their capacity to regroup and to strike again, and thereby creating a whole other layer of victims. And so for that, we're very grateful. You'll be getting electronically, but I'll give you their names phonically now. We arrested a Jonathan Thompson and a Kifa Marbra, were the two main principals that were taken into, into custody last night as a result of an ongoing investigation that is by no means over. There is still an awful lot of information that has to be um, mined, and there's sources of information that we're still looking at contacting. and. Uh, at least in one particular means of this series, this patternistic crime spree of at least nine bank robberies, uh, we feel very confident that we have dealt them a significant setback and a blow to their opportunities to create more havoc. Now, I, I'm, I don't mean to overpromise, and I never write checks I can't cash. We obviously have another potential pattern of, of bank robberies that have been working in our community, but. But this group seems to have been the most sophisticated in terms of their organizational network. And in that sense, I believe we have made a very affirmative uh, step forward uh, in terms of eliminating at least some of the anxiety and the apprehension that people have been feeling about bank robberies in the greater Madison area. Without further ado, I'm going to now turn over to the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the special agent in charge out of the Milwaukee Regional Office, Justin Tolomeo. Thanks, Chief. Um, again, Justin Tolomeo, I am the special agent in charge of the FBI Milwaukee's field office, which covers the state of Wisconsin. And I'd like to start off by thanking the officers and staff of the Madison, Middleton, Fitchburg, and Sun Prairie Police Departments. They, together with uh, agents and staff of the FBI, did a fantastic job of putting this case together. Um, the mission of the FBI is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution. And we don't do this alone. We do it in partnership with our state, local, tribal um, agencies. Uh, in this case, we had fantastic partners to work with. Um, 
as these bank robberies unfolded, as the chief noted, um, agents, detectives, officers, analysts started piecing together the elements of these incidents and came up with subjects and were able to interdict them before they committed additional robberies in the area. And again, as the chief noted, we were able to prevent additional robberies and those incidents which traumatize not only bank employees, uh, but the greater community. So again, I want to commend these representatives and their respective departments' efforts, and thank you for working with us. And we are pleased to announce um, the arrest of these individuals. And the investigation will continue, and um, we, we look forward to working with these departments in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions? Maybe for the chief, yep. um, it's kind of a crossover question, chief. Sure. Uh, you had referenced that two have been taken into custody. They're persons of interest. Mm -hmm. This is not. This is something that involved, for lack of a better word, a, a gang of perpetrators, perhaps. Um, is there anything to indicate uh, that the crime that was being perpetrated at the Chase Bank branch on Milwaukee Street on Thursday evening? that that suspect had any connection to this group? That particular modus operandi would be somewhat uh, parallel or not a part of the sophistication that we saw here as correlations. Whether he is a part of another sort of initiative where we've had some other unsolved uh, bank robberies, some of you have known as the euphemistic uh, Deadpool series, that hasn't been eliminated wholly and completely from a correlation and causation. But in terms of the two subjects we've announced for today, we're fairly comfortable in saying that we don't believe he was a part of their crew. And why do you say there hasn't been a ruling out as it relates to uh, this so-called Deadpool uh, group of crimes? Is mm -hmm. that because of his clothing on Thursday? Uh, anything else about his modus operandi that seemed to be consistent? Well, I think that if you look at some of the things, I would say time of day in terms of some of those considerations, the suspect build is another. I wouldn't go so say as far as the clothing was the seminal part, but there is enough that uh, vaguely has some common denominators that I don't want to hasten to rule him out or conversely to rule him in. He's, he's a player, and as our investigation continues relative to the Chase Bank as an entity on and of itself yesterday and relative to the other Deadpool issues, we're going to see and continue to investigate whether there is a correlation that can be made. I mean, did he use a mask that had uh, either a likeness of a cartoon character or a, a film character, television character? No, he did not. Uh, he held up uh, sort of a do-rag mask over his face in last night's incident. So that in and of itself doesn't lend itself to the symmetry of, of that caricature mask that the other ones have. But there are some other points of light that, uh, while not completely perfect, shouldn't be ruled out or dismissed prematurely. And speaking of that suspect... Can you comment on whether or not that person had a gun? The last nice suspect? Yeah. No, as it would have turned out once the forensic needs were done and he was turned over and examined for other issues, no, there was no gun involved, no actual gun present on his person or lying next to him. Does that 
change how you deal with the security guard who use deadly force at all? Well, when you say deal with the security guard, I, I assume you're talking about what is his exposure to criminal liability. That is just a piece, not dispositive piece, but it's really what would the reasonable person under those circumstances have understood. If there's sufficient measure to suggest that words coupled with behavior, coupled with posturing that he had a gun, we have litigated those cases or crimes all the time where it turns out it wasn't a gun, it was a facsimile gun, it was an unloaded gun. That in and of itself will not be dispositive in terms of his criminal liability. It'll be a piece, but by no means a driving element. Chief, did he, did this suspect tell bank staff, I have a gun, give me the money? Uh, I, no, he did not use the words or infer by those terms that there was a gun. However, in the way he comported, handled, crouched, and presented the bag coupled with words, uh, we would tell any civilian, any teller, uh, don't assume anything, don't take heroic measures, don't take self-help measures, assume that if it looks and walks and talks, it could possibly be that, that person that has a gun, and we don't want to play loose and fast with uh, second-guessing that. Then could you explain, sorry to keep bothering with this one, but can you then explain what exactly, like what have you found you mean by posturing? Uh, what, well, what was his action that led you to believe that, that led the security guard to believe that there was a gun involved? Well, among other things, when you brusquely make a beeline for the teller, sort of there was someone sort of in the way or in that track and sort of sort of routinely uh, budged the line if you will if, if nothing else starts to pull up a mask to occlude his identity hands are always uh, blocked so you can't see what might be in them or what isn't in them because uh, the sleeves and or accoutrements that come from the sleeves are obscured and so you don't really know if, in fact, there is a real or imagined or perceived gun because of the way those things come in its totality as it's presented to that clerk. And then the words are certainly compelling as well. Well, what were the words? Ba well, basically a demand for money, coupled with the, the presentation and the shoving of the bag towards the teller. So going from making these arrests, mm -hmm. or executing these search warrants, and then to this chase bank situation describe I mean I'm sure you felt like you had made a break and then this happened so describe what you were feeling in that situation well of course uh, for us um, the fact of the matter is is that these collaborative agencies had literally been working around the clock in, in a greater degree of intensity probably since Monday when we started to have some breakthroughs and we brought a lot of resources together. I got to tell you, anytime uh, a lending institution is taken over, my old alma mater, the FBI, I love to see that FDIC in the front window because I know I'm going to get federal assets on the ground, so that's helpful. Uh, I, I want to compartmentalize it. I can still for sure feel euphoric and happy that we've made some stride and breakthroughs because this is a complex series of nine different bank robberies that are all correlated, and, and that gives me great pause and great satisfaction. Of course, when there's a loss of life in the commission of yet another bank robbery, no one wants to see that as an end game. But uh, again, it is what it is, and, and we'll have to deal with those as independent entities. And then going back to uh, these arrests, how what was it about um, these two that, uh, because when I when I spoke to some of you uh, last week, 
it seemed like this could have possibly been one person. How was it determined that there were multiple, there were two people committing these? Well, I think over time, when you're doing a sophisticated sort of comprehensive investigation, you don't put all your assets or all your resources into one theory. You're exploring the host of other options. We don't live in a bubble anymore. We communicate with phones. We commune with people. And all of those people, I guess you could say a lot of things are, who do, I, who do I hang out with? If you saw the people I hang out with, the places I drink, all that stuff, you could start to make some suppositions about who I fraternize with and who I hang with. And I think using that sort of as a metaphor for life, people use phones, they communicate, they hang out with people, they travel, they take cars, and in all those means, you have an, a possibility of another investigative lead that you can operate. I don't think there'd be any one single measurable thing that could be uh, afforded the opportunity to say this was it, except to the extent that I would say that a beat cop literally spotting that car attentively and getting us that seminal plate and a description and someone behind the wheel, that's certainly very opportunistic and it still goes back down to basic policing. But then it's literally the sophistication that we can tap into through the federal authorities that really help us to expand our reach in terms of looking at those forensic issues and things of that nature. And then uh, was one person a getaway driver, the other one actually going into the bank, or was it kind of back and forth? Well, at this point, we're not going to really be sharing to the extent to which their complicity or their roles, because sometimes those roles can be ever-changing. So at this point, we're going to continue to to mine those investigative clues that are out there and better ascertain because we've really got nine separate counts here, right? And so they could be interchangeable. They could be doing different things at different times with different accomplices. So because there's still an unknown commodity there, we're not going to let ourselves get pigeonholed into saying who had a specific role in any given day because that could be highly uh, versatile. Chief, what can you tell us about the uh, criminal history, if any, of the individual who was the suspect in the incident at the Chase Bank branch on Milwaukee Street? Uh, at this point, I don't know, but uh, has the medical examiner released the name? Well, well, and I guess I frame the question sure. this way, Chief. Uh, I'm not asking you to name no, him, no, but I'm presuming you may know who this individual is. So I'm, I'm simply asking, based on that, what have you learned about his criminal history, if there is one? that he has a criminal history and the fact of the matter is is that his modus operandi would include armed bank robbery. So he has, he has bank robbery in his past? I would say so. Any other questions? Going back to the security guard, um, when they are trained an armed security guard, are they trained like a police officer as if there was an active shooter situation? I would say sort of that would obviously vacillate from state to state. Those are administratively licensed and regulated enterprises. And uh, I would hazard a guess that given the amount of training that all the law enforcement officers in Wisconsin and federally having been in both programs, it doesn't begin to compare to the level of trainings and scenarios and, and, and various protocols that we're subjected to. However, I'm sure there is a minimum threshold in order to be licensed and be able to practice in this, but ultimately uh, that subcontractor is uh, going to have to be answerable for, for those issues. How long has there been an armed guard at that bank? About three weeks. Okay, so there wasn't one prior to him. Well, I think there have been armed an armed presence over the course of the, during various episodes of the last couple of years, but I think his particular involvement has been about three weeks.
Chief, as it relates to a, a security platform, how do you feel about uh, financial institutions when they make a decision to put an armed individual as part of their security plan on premise? Well, it's interesting because, of course, we would look, first of all, looking at what are those environmental things that you can do to make it a more defensible or hardened target, whether it's gates or whether it's fencing or whether it's more optics and eyes and things. But I think each and every institution ultimately is going to have to do a probative sort of self-assessment. They're going to have to meet with their subject matter experts. They're going to have to look at it from a standpoint of risk management. Um, obviously, there are different feelings or, or schools of thought on this. When I go into some of the bigger urban settings, sometimes I, the first thing I see going in to get money is uh, a uniform presence, sort of almost as the doorkeeper. It's very conspicuous. They, they want that presence as sort of a, a deterrent. Others feel that that's off-putting and unsettling to their people doing uh, consumer transactions and take a more subtle approach. Uh, I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other, but I do know that there are different schools of thought in it in its approach. And are you releasing the name of the guard? No, because unless or until such time as the district attorney feels that there is a, a criminal liability that attaches, uh, he is a, a citizen of the world that is entitled to some measure of privacy, and unless or until someone else wants to divulge that, or if he himself wants to come forward, we'll let those other sources or, God knows, social media platforms uh, do what they will. But at this point, uh, given the fact that I have not uh, seen any indication that the district attorney is in a hurry to look at this as a charging instrument, at this point, we're going to try to uh, respect those privacy interests uh, from our standpoint. Was this a local security firm? We generally release names, I think most of you know, of people who are arrested. So uh, there have been no arrests in this case. And then, of course, I think all of you know in terms of the person who's deceased, it will be up to the medical examiner to release his name. Chief, Chief, was this a local security firm that Chase contracted with for this bank branch, a firm that your, your personnel have worked with perhaps in the past? Uh, and can you tell us who the security firm is? Yes, I think I can do that. Um, ultimately, the security firm is off-duty services, and they're based out of Katy, Texas. But uh, that's I, who I understand is his immediate employer. And, of course, uh, the Chase Bank would have made those decisions in terms of who they want to contract with. And I don't know if this is a contract within a subcontract, but that's all I know is that he was working for that enterprise. Back to the interagency arrests. Um, do you know how much money was taken in these? Uh, that, even if I did, I don't know that I'd be comfortable disclosing the amounts of that cash because I, I'd, I'd sort of like to let people understand that that's a, uh, a hope and a prayer, not knowing how much cash is readily available at any given institution, any given time. So that's not something we generally disseminate. Chief, can you tell us where you are at with this separate uh, string? of uh, bank robberies or bank robbery attempts that have been generally associated with this Deadpool mass character. Mm -hmm. That is still being aggressively worked by uh, our various detectives of, of general assignment, also by the, the, the Violent Crimes Unit, and they're assorted by all kinds of help. And of course, again, because they're federal lending institutions, we're constantly relying on our partnerships. Uh, so ultimately, we hope to be making some more progress with, with that series of cases as well, being actively worked every day. Do you think there are going to be more arrests um, for this particular string? That is certainly my hope and confidence. Any other questions? All right, thanks, everyone. I can Thank also, for me, if you're interested, uh, pictures, that document, I can send you.